think outside the box. If you could yeah. change school and make it better, I mean, you can make the school day longer, make it shorter, go year round, do every day's a field trip, like anything. Like, what are the things that you would want to do that you think would make school better? Oh my goodness! Like, I mean, like, like, and yeah. you can give me one thing, you give me ten. Just as a teacher, what do you see? Um, I think, kind of like you said, more freedom. Um, and that's precarious given that you're not going to always have, but like any job, you're not always going to have the best people doing that. So what they choose to do, that freedom might not be beneficiary to students, but you will have teachers who come in and will use that to do amazing things, things you've never thought of before to like teach history in reverse. Yeah. Like that's a little thing, but I think that was probably so beneficial and still is. And that ability to do that. And like we can get into the whole... And how many schools wouldn't allow it. Right. You know, how many principals or whoever wouldn't even allow it. And I think that's that's where it kind of starts. And I mean, we've been following this whole system for so long. Like this very, um, what's the analogy? Like kind of... Um, like industrial school yes. system. There's that like drawing yeah. video thing that yeah. we've watched a couple times and like why we get the summers off because of like farming. That's like, well, we don't do that anymore. We're not an yeah, agrarian yeah. society. So, yeah, so few people do it. That you, right. yeah, like yeah. that's why are then we structuring our school system in Northern Virginia around that when that's yeah. not it yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. year round with bigger breaks would right. and be there's, brilliant. <laughs> I've even read things probably easy. on, um, you know, we divide class grades by age well not everyone is at the same ability at the same age mentally emotionally yeah. and so why is that that uh, I that was I wrote a short article for my website about that um, it was some I forget what it was called but something about on-time graduation I just remember sitting in a meeting where um, and my principal is awesome like I'll call him Dave Spage call him yeah. up by name like um, he is the number one reason I have a 45-minute commute. I haven't tried to get closer to where I live is because I have a very good situation. And he was talking about, you know, what are we doing to get some kids to graduate and do the rest? And he used the term on-time graduation a few times, and I just thought, like, that's when it, that's BS. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a stupid idea. And I'm not saying he, but right. just the concept, and I know he was relaying something that came from his boss, from that boss, from whatever. If you're serious about kids learning the stuff and you also know that people learn at different rates, then why is it so important to graduate on your 13th year? Yeah. You know, at the end of 12, when you're 18, like, why can't a kid hang out until they're 20 if they need it? Right. And, and they said, well, you know, we got to do the rest. And this is how you know it's, it's a, they're making a bad argument. The, the person who's talking on time graduation is either an idiot or is doing the bidding of an idiot. Mm-hmm. Because if you're serious about just, on-time graduation that we want to get them out as quick as we can that we've done our jobs why aren't we pushing for early graduation we have a ton of kids who could graduate oh, when they're 15 16 mm-hmm. they have the skills they have the knowledge they can pass all the tests oh, yeah. if you're really serious about moving them through in an efficient way and getting them to a job or to college there's no discussion of early graduation mm-hmm. and we don't like late graduation which means all we're really doing is stuffing everybody into this one timeline that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. except for setting a budget. <laughs> like, yep. it's literally a budget question, and no one ever says that. If it was up to you to design what that education process mm-hmm. for humans would be, 
and I'm not just saying you know specifically that age right you know from zero on um, that would you choose to put children in classrooms in parallel rows for six seven hours a day um, staring ahead where the the research again whether it's valid or not where research um, claims that the most common utterance of a student is yes and no right okay um, would you choose that model I would for two or three hours a day not for the whole day okay but so why not for the whole day Student loan debt initially just looks like, oh, that's the thing I have to pay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was me coming out of high school, like, whatever, I'll go out of state to James Madison. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, I could stay in state. I could go here. I could go there. Yeah. No, this is where I want to go. And I'm glad I did. But, you know, 400 bucks a month, I mean, I could be driving a big truck or I could yeah. be driving a Mercedes. I mean, for the, for the equivalent cost. Yeah. Um, and it's not that college isn't worth it because I wouldn't have my job without it. But, mm-hmm. You know, you got to put that in like definite terms. You know, I, yeah. of, of my best friends in college, I'm the only one that like my like core group of guys that I hung out with a lot. I'm the only one that has kids and of sort of go to second circle people who hung out with a decent amount mm-hmm. um, of all of those people. I think only two of them, I'm talking about the males like, yeah, yeah. have kids and for a lot of them. It's, you know, some of them got married later, but a lot of them have concerns like, well, I can't afford it mm-hmm. or they have good jobs and they make good money, but they work all the time or they travel a lot. Yeah. And so they travel for work. So if you have a kid, you have to travel less, which means they either take a new job or they take a pay cut. And so this entire thing comes back to this financial piece. And for a lot of those people, student loans are a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, I know our pays about like a thousand dollars a month in student loans. Um yeah, like, what the? yeah, I have, I have like $700 in federal loans and then like 250 in private loans every month. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot. So it's like, I can barely afford like to take care of like myself and like every now and then give money to my mom when I can. Yeah. And it's like, I, like, would, would I be able to afford diapers or afford like clothes or food? Yeah. And formula and everything, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I would be able to. That's insane, and that's where you know you also things tend to work out, but you never want to like roll the dice that oh, yeah. it'll just do that, you exactly. know, oh, like you know, like recently since we had Evie, like my parents have kicked it, like they helped us out a little bit mm-hmm. with you know taking part of student loans and like it's I say like little stuff, but mm-hmm. in that perspective, like it's big stuff. And, yeah. like, I know it's costing them, and but it's I have to pay for the daycare and mm-hmm. the diapers and the rest. Um, it's probably bad to just roll the dice and say, I oh, will figure it out. Yeah. And the reality is most people do. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just, I, I feel your like I like to plan. To, yeah. Yeah. Well, you trained your whole life to like make a thoughtful decision. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the thoughtful decision is, mm-hmm. you know, I shouldn't have the kid or I should, you know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't buy this house because I have this, this yeah. debt. Um, one of my best friends from college, he, same thing. Um, his student loans, he was out of state with JMU. His, loans were basically what mine were mm-hmm. um probably about the same maybe just a little bit more but he his parents gave him no help during or after after yeah. college so he always worked a little more than the rest of us mm-hmm. um he was paying you know almost a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. he delayed marriage for a while yeah. you know he 
works in a city where he could ride a bike. So for a while, he didn't really even have a car. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's saving all this money. So then he got married. And then it took a little while, and then they bought a house. Again, they're in a city, so it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy is a great job. He's a really, really smart person, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the fact that this is the best that he can figure out, you know, I just think, like, there are a lot of people who are a lot dumber than him <laughs> that are just, like, not making good decisions. Either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Long time ago. That's crazy, man. I don't you're old. <laughs> you're I'm so a, old. I'm a big homie now, considered it something. Yeah, right. You know, a big bro now. I'm like, oh, wow. If I'm old, man, that's, it's crazy how time passes, man, for real. But like I said, man, for real, I think, like, it was crazy, like, through high school, you, you and Miss Cups made a huge impact in my life. Like, for real. Like, I mean, you know, in ninth grade with you, just made learning fun, you know, and understanding there was still rules, yet we could still get along, and, and we talked about Jay-Z all the time, <laughs> yeah, I remember always talking about Jay-Z, hey, yeah. and you, you also told me that when you turned pro, I was, uh, I think I was like 14 and 0 at the time, as an amateur, and you said, when, and I would always talk about, you know, going pro, and this, that, and you said, when you go pro, I will be there for your first pro fight. Hey, I will never forget I that. You there, told yeah. me that. That's you true. said, hey, I will be there for your first pro fight. Huh? And, you know, ninth grade, oh, okay, cool. And then 10th, yeah. 11, you go on through life, and then my first pro fight, who's there? You, Miss Cubs, Mrs. Good. I yeah. said, wow. I said, that's something I still talk about to this day. When we talk, about, this day, when we talk about you, when I talk like my girlfriend. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell. I... I I'm in a weird place where I don't necessarily think school should be compulsory to quite the way it is. So I'm not going to, and I'm not trying to not answer your question. I'm just, I'm not sure that everyone should have to do it. Well, it's, I just did. think like if I'm making the decision for me or for my kids, I want you to be able to listen to a person who knows something. Or maybe they don't, but they have an interesting way to think about it. And I want you to be able to engage in it and listen, even if you don't like it sometimes. Like one of the most important parts of becoming an adult and we can argue that this shouldn't exist either, but it's just learning to suck it up and get through some of these more tedious things. But sometimes they have purpose. And the kid who learns to do that when they're 10, as opposed to the person who develops it naturally by the time they're 26, the kid at 10 has this huge head start because you have all these extra boring but informative opportunities, you know? Well, that, that's why I say, like, everybody, and I said this to you before, I say this all the time, everyone should take an English class and a math class. It doesn't have to be literature-based. We can read a newspaper, read a comic book. You have to be able to read and write and speak, and you need to be able to do arithmetic and basic algebra, first part of geometry. Like, after that, all the rest of high school is optional. And I, I say this all the time. I, I say, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to use until you're ready to use it. Absolutely. And so in, in sort of doing the Boy Scouts always be prepared thing, like you don't know what you're going to want to know later. Mm -hmm. So you should learn as much of it as you can now. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that school is fun or always useful. I'm just saying like, if you're here anyway, you might as well get it, mm -hmm. you know? I don't know. I just think like for a lot of people, that's probably the hardest thing to go from. Here's the thing I'm good at to here's how I make that my job is like the technical piece of, you know, if you're good at a thing, be good at it. And you make money at and, it. Yeah, and even word of mouth can help that to spread. But, like, how do you make that, like, a legitimate thing? Yeah. And how do you, or how do you make that a full-time thing? Yeah, or like social media now, man. Google, Google. 
I know I typed in how to become a successful personal trainer. <laughs> and uh, yeah. whatever popped up, I clicked on it. You know, whatever yeah. question I may have, just Google it and it pops up. It's, yeah. And I mean, you know, and you're doing well. Do you, do you think you, like, did you ever take a business class in school? I never did. Never Should did. you have? Um, you know, I actually had spoke to one of my good friends and he took a business class. In, in high school or college? In college. Okay. And he told me, he said, he only took a few classes. And he told me, his professor actually told him, he said, man, look, business, you don't need to take this class. And he said, I shouldn't be telling you guys this, but you don't need to take this class to become business owners. And, and you know, I was like, that's kind of crazy. You think about it, and it's like, everybody that took that business class, if, if you really needed that to become a business owner, how many business owners would there really be right now? Because, right. I mean, I think that's business and I'm mistaken I mean a lot of people take that class and a lot of them go to work a 9 to 5 or they, they go work at someone else's yeah, business yeah someone else's yeah. business but they don't make their own business you right. know? so I mean I mean even those teachers that know that textbook from page 1 to the end why they not running the business right you know so I think it's just it's just that it's more like a it looks good on paper maybe I mean I yeah. mean I'm not saying that you can't find good information yeah you know, there are things that would help you but as far as being necessary to be successful, I don't think so. I ended the phone call thinking, like, that is massively discouraging. You know, mm-hmm. if we talk about, um, like, how do you improve schools, which is one of my, like, three questions, right? But, like, one of the things that a lot of people say is, you know, you pay teachers or, you know, which is great. And that's, that's part of it. I don't know if that's all of it. But I think a big part of it is, like, professionalism, that it's hard to attract the best people yeah. because you don't, you don't see any outlets for like advancement, like you know. Like I said, mm-hmm. you, you only your only raise comes because you didn't get fired, not because right. you did something great. And and so, if you know that you can create all this great stuff, but it's not necessarily yours, like I think that discourages innovation. Yeah, you know. And I, th- I think in a state where our state legislature is on average fairly conservative, the idea that they would support the county owning what the teachers are doing in the classroom is kind of counterproductive because these are the same people who would argue that letting small businesses work without regulation and own their stuff and do the thing creates the innovation that's, you know, builds communities Mm -hmm. and does all this great stuff. And it's like, but apply that back to what's happening in the classroom. Like, like you should own all of it, (laughs) you know, and it's not to say that you should be like gouging taxpayers on it either, but I feel like it's a discouraging thing when you find teachers who are motivated enough to write a curriculum or to write a book and to do that. And the fact that they even have to question, mm-hmm. um, is this mine or how does this go, I think is a huge problem because the kind of teachers that we say we want to attract are also the kind of teachers who are going to do what you're doing. And then when you call into question like, well, what is yours? And like, man, you're not paying me enough to do the rest of this, so I need to have it in the end. Um, and I think giving teachers more rights to their own stuff and more professional trust in what they're doing would yeah. be a step. Like, If you could change school, add something, delete something, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anything, like make the day longer, shorter, more technology, less, like anything, think out of the box. What's something that you would do differently in a public high school that you think would help people more? Like, you went to a pretty good school, yeah, you know, and you're doing well now. But what would have been better than what you experienced or what most kids get? I feel like, honestly, I feel like we need to 
pay teachers more just because it's very obvious that a lot of teachers, at least when I was in high school, were very jaded or just like did not care. And I feel like that's why I gravitated towards your class a lot because you actually took the time to get to know everyone. And I feel like that's super rare. And I feel like if teachers were paid more to care, then it would be a totally different experience for a lot of kids who kind of need that extra like support system. Yeah. And yeah, like I just remember like many teachers, especially in math, I, that makes sense because it's kind of just like these this is what you have to do and this is the it's only way to get and, it. And something, you know, I will say that a lot of the better math teachers I know and at Broad Run the math department's awesome. You know, and, and I'm not just saying that like they go above and beyond. They do summer programs for the kids. They yeah. do like a boot camp for like two weeks mm-hmm. before school starts. Come to the library. It's free. They don't even get paid for it. They That's pre-teach cool. all this stuff so that you don't waste the first month of school in review. Nice. For any of the kids who show up, you know, like that's awesome. Yeah. But I don't think that's typical. And I think it, that's yeah, one of the reasons that maybe a lot of people, if you're not good at math already. Yeah. I mean, I was terrible at math. Lean and away from it because you don't have that personal touch. Yeah. And like every single math teacher I've ever had either gave up on me like almost immediately or just kind of let me slip on through. Why do you think that is? I mean, I know that I was a terrible student and if I could get away with something, I would do my very best to do that. What do you mean you're a terrible student though? Okay. I mean, I taught you in an honors English class that you you, did reasonably well in and that was a hard class. But you actually took the time to get to like, to teach us personally. Right. And like that actually... Like, I felt respected in your class. In other classes, I didn't really feel that personal touch or even acknowledged as a person. Like, I know that I am your student, but am I a person to you? Because a lot of the time... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, like, I felt a lot of the times that we were kind of just, like, overlooked. And if I slipped out of the class to go to the bathroom and then, like, never came back, (laughs) they wouldn't even notice. And I would come back the next class and they'd be like, do you have this and this? And I'm like, I didn't even get that paper because I wasn't in here. Or, Or they notice, but it's not worth the time to write an email, do the yeah, report. Yeah, exactly. Know. And and I will, you know, to put into a little bit of context, maybe even for you, but certainly for, say, anyone who's listening that would be older and wasn't in, in or around schools at that time, like what year did we say, 2010, 2011 is when I graduated? 11, so yeah. I taught you 9, 10, and you graduated 10, 11, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um we're just on the other side of like the great recession. Mm-hmm. And so when, when the housing market tanks, property mm-hmm. values tank, which means property taxes tank, and that's how you fund your local schools. And so that was right around the point where like, I didn't get a pay raise for like three years or something. Oh. And so it, I think that that concern about paying teachers changes time to time. You know, yeah. are you getting raises or are your cost of living adjustments keeping up yeah. with? And then also, you know, because when you're not getting paid, you don't feel valued. Yeah. You know, that it, it, for better or worse, there's a lot of ways you can show people that you care and, and all the rest. But we live in a capitalist society where, you know, money talks. Mm-hmm. And when you're not getting even the little incremental raises that you normally expect, yeah. you start to feel like this doesn't matter to other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's really thinking And then it's easy. You know, I mean, I know I had... I, I struggled with that a lot. I probably talk about money more the year I taught you in TA to maybe mm-hmm. the one year after. See, but you, the rest you never let that affect career, your students, though. though. Well, no, because, I, you know, for me, it's uh, I always say anything that's worth doing is worth doing right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you don't have to do it perfectly. You just 
do it the right way yeah. at a minimum. But if it's not worth doing the right way, then you should find something else to do. Um, but, you know, the, the pay teachers more is good, assuming that you have good teachers. That's a good point. You don't have, you don't have to rush. Like, yeah. it's go, go with purpose. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. have motivation. Purpose, direction, motivation. That's that's the three things that they tell me as a leader. What, what is purpose? Purpose, direction, direction motivation. motivation. Yeah, that's what they that's tell good. us to provide to our guys. And there's like a bigger definition with it, but those are like the three main words, and that's what a good friend of mine told me yeah. to always remember. So purpose, direction, motivation. That's actually, that's, it's a nice like simple test of things too. You know, if you think about like finishing high school, am I going to go to college, get a job, do whatever. And when you're not sure of any of it, if you can't answer those three questions, what's my purpose, what's my direction, what's my motivation? Like, if if any part of that's unclear, you're right. Maybe that's the time to pump the brakes. Yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with... Yep. I like it. You know, we're in a fairly diverse community. There's a lot of uh, people, both from different parts of the United States, that move in the northern Virginia or D.C. metro area for, for work for education programs. And there's also a large immigrant population. Broad Run, where I teach and you graduated, is I think 50% white, and not all of those students would have been born here. Um, but we're now, we're on the verge of being what they would call a majority minority school. And so the level of diversity in terms of race and religion and cultural background is probably, it's a much more diverse setting than if you went to school yeah. in the middle of yeah. Iowa. <laughs> and so I don't know how, you know, Yes, it's a, it's objective to where you are. Yeah. Um, but where you know, I I had the opportunity to be here, uh-huh. and you know, I I did get, and it, you know, like I said, I it was kind of negative that I had to uh, that I had the language barrier, but also positive because I spent the first couple of years more of an observant, and I think that's how I learn learn most. Right. And I pay attention to details, so I would just like observe the environment around me, and then. You know, just kind of, then after, you know, I kind of gathered all that information and processed it. Right. Then I was like, okay, this is what I think of this. And this is how I'm going to go about, you know, these things. Right. Yeah. That's interesting that when, as a, now as a filmmaker, something with a degree of film, like what you just described is almost exactly the thing that you've ended up doing is, yeah. is watching carefully and then figuring out how to piece together what you're seeing. So that other people see it your way. You know, really, 